We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? I'm always ready, Sean Styers. Let's, Let's do, do it. This. Let's do it. All right. Fill in the blank, Vince. Besides Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame player who impressed you the most in the Gator Bowl was blank. You know what? I, I'm going to go with Mitchell Evans. I, I thought okay. he did a really good job of stepping into some very, very large shoes, obviously, in Michael Mayer. They did not ask him to be the second coming of Michael Mayer, which, by the way, is smart. But he was able to do a lot. I mean, he had a crucial third down catch. He had the go-ahead touchdown. And I thought he blocked really, really well. And he, I think he had like triple the amount of snaps that he's ever put up in one game. And to do that, you know, for one game is impressive. I mean, he he was impressed. A lot of 11 personnel uh, in the Gator Bowl. And so that was impressive too. I mean, he was the guy that they were counting on. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mitchell Evans. I was very impressed by him. Yeah, John liked Braden Lindsay. I think Braden Lindsay, you know, showed showed a lot of you know between the the long touchdown pass from Tyler Buckner and of course the uh, the fake punt and Lindsay Lindsay showed up. It was good to see him able the, to make some plays. Yeah. No, no. The difference for me is Lindsay has been doing that all season. No, it's yeah, and I don't mean that ball. when I said no, right, right. Like it wasn't <laughs> like he didn't show up before, but right. you know. Because we said this the other day, what a difference a quarterback can make. A quarterback yeah, buddy. Who can get him the ball. No right? doubt. No because doubt. Because the other quarterback was not going to make that throw on that touchdown pass. Mine is Jordan Batello. And you talk about like Mitch Evans, yeah. Yeah. you know, like playing more snaps than he, you know, this was obviously Batello's first start. He had nine total pressures against South Carolina, ended up with two sacks in the game, two tackles for loss as well and like when you look at what he did for the season six and a half tackles for loss and four sacks so i mean he got a huge chunk of his production yeah in the most amount of playing time he's got all year now this is obviously a guy we've been waiting around for for a while you know like you talk about you know all this talent when's jordan batella gonna play he's had his own off-field stuff and you know rumbles of this and that and everything else and uh, we finally got to see what you know what Jordan Batello can be. Now, if you can take that Ugh. and make him a consistent player next year, you're not going to see much drop off from Isaiah Foskey. Well, and, and yeah, no, I agree with you. He was impressive. Yeah, 
I, he was and, living in the backfield yeah. against South Carolina. And we've talked about Jordan Matelho a lot because he needed to mature not only from an on-the-field standpoint, but from an off-the-field standpoint, big time. And if he can marry those two together, the kid could be a really good football player at Notre Dame. Yep. But it's all about being mature and handling this offseason the right way and all of those different things. I mean, I, I had multiple discussions with Brian in the offseason last year about Patelho and some boneheaded decisions he was making. And it's like, <laughs> oh, boy, like, is he ever going – is the light bulb ever going to go on? And sometimes the off-the-field light bulb can go on with on-the-field success. Sometimes. Let's hope that that's the case. Let's hope. I agree. I agree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Notre Dame cornerback Benjamin Morrison has signed an NIL deal with Forever Young Sports Cards. He's going to be able to you know, do autograph signings and, and photo ops and the like. Good for him. Like, that's awesome. And that shows right there what happens when you come to Notre Dame and you're successful opportunities come to you Mm -hmm. that's how notre dame is going to work nil and that is a prime example you go out there you have a good season good things are going to happen for you and i i say touche to you my friend good for him absolutely and you know again like even though that they're not going to get into this upfront pay for play type stuff. And, you know, for right now, Benjamin Morrison's not making Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer money. This is a great start for a freshman who's only been on campus for what, six, seven months or something like that at this point. That's right. Because he wasn't an early enrollee. He came in in August or June. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so he's going to go out and they're going to do this. This company, I guess, is is based in Crown Point, Indiana. Interesting. And Drake Bowen is actually a client of theirs already apparently they've got a lot of different stuff i checked out their website and again it's called forever young sports cards um you know it's like if you google them but like at this 
January 28th event, here's here's kind of a sample. You can get you can pay 40 bucks and get any autograph, you know, like whatever. You buy a ticket, you can get anything autographed. You can get a picture with him for 25 bucks. There's a special inscription ticket that's 15 bucks that you can buy. You know, that you know, again, mm-hmm. you get it autographed. A uh plaqued play like a champion inscription ticket for 20 bucks, or uh this other Beckett, you know, card is 10 bucks. So, you know, and like you can get like mini help, you know, like this website. You know, he they have uh, like Chris Zorich, for example, autographed mini helmets and stuff like that. Equinemius St. Brown and, you know, autographed bear stuff. There's a lot of different pro athletes and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. And this yeah. is like when NIL started being talked about. This is how yes. I envisioned NIL yes. going like athletes being able to do something simple like this. Go spend some time at a car dealership. You know, a car dealership pays you to come out. And people pay to get an autograph or yes. picture with you or whatever. You know, hundred percent. This is what NIL is supposed to be. So, touche to him for getting his NIL deal. I'm sure it's going to be the first of many, and it's going to be super easy. It's an afternoon of work for him, and he's going to come home with probably a, a fairly healthy paycheck, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joe says he's really looking forward to he and Cam and hopefully Jaden shutting teams down. I think it's going to be a fun secondary. Oh, I'm really excited. I'm more excited about a secondary than I've been in a long time. Look, Xavier Watts is probably going to start at safety. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have those two guys at corner. Jaden Mickey, uh, potentially at uh, at nickel. You know, Clarence Lewis, I'm hoping makes a a move to safety. I mean, that would be one heck of a starting five, in my personal opinion. You know, and then you get about Clarence Lewis, even you you get Ramon Henderson also is maybe the third safety in there. Good luck. You want to talk about a no-fly zone. That's going to be the Notre Dame secondary for for the next few years. For sure. Okay, so after a conversation with Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper about the team's head coaching vacancy, Jim Harbaugh tells the Queen City News in North Carolina he expects to stay with Michigan next year. Here's the quote. Although no one knows the future, I think I will be coaching Michigan next year, end quote. You know, very, very forceful uh, with that. So on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you, Vince, that Harbaugh will actually still be at Michigan next season? Scale of one to 10, my confidence level that he'll be at Michigan is about a two and a half, three. I don't trust a word that comes out of that man's mouth. <laughs> and he left himself a giant wide open caveat in that quote. I can't tell the future, but if I could, I'll be you back. actually can because yeah. you're the you one who com- determines it. <laughs> you have complete control over whether you are coaching at Michigan or not. You do. So the fact that he would even say that makes my confidence level go way, way, way down. And good. I, I, it, I I've got a mixed bag of emotions about whether I want Harbaugh to leave Michigan or not. I do. Because they bring in somebody who's really, really good. He might be able to take Michigan to the next level. You keep Harbaugh in there, you know, they'll they'll be who they are and they're probably not going to be any different. You know what I mean? And uh, so I don't know. Well, I, I, I've got mixed emotions about it, and, but I do not think that he will still be at Michigan. I think there's a good chance he ends up in Indianapolis or Denver. Yeah, I mean, those three, he, he's got basically three NFL teams where he's been mentioned already and you know there was the report earlier this week that if he gets an nfl offer he's going to take it 
he wants to be in the NFL. If yes. the Vikings had made him that offer last year, he would Gone. be with the Minnesota Vikings right now. Like to me, now the, the Colts still have to figure out who their quarterback is going to be, but they'll get a they should get a high enough draft pick that maybe they get a good one. But they're built to play his style of football with the offensive line and Jonathan Taylor. They can be a good defense, you know, if they, you know, kind of flip things around a little bit. There's been a little bit of regression there, but like the Colts seem like a perfect fit, even though you have Jim Ursay, who's very basically like Jerry Jones light, you know, I guess in terms obviously of the way he mm-hmm. wants to, to oh, meddle yeah. around and stuff like that. I think he's as much, if not most to blame for their problems as anybody. But I have, I just, Jim Harbaugh wants to be in the NFL. I think he has reached his ceiling at Michigan. I think he has reached his peak there. I think that, that you know, he turned that program around, you know, winning back-to-back Big Ten championships, sure. getting them to the college football playoff. And, you know, I, I think that he wants to get back to the NFL. He's talked about the Super Bowl and and being as close as he was to winning a Super Bowl. I think that that is ultimately what he wants to do. Win a, I think he wants to win another Super Bowl more sure. than he wants to win a college football national championship. So I feel uh, like I'm getting it at a one. I, I yeah, find it very go. hard to believe that, you know, again, he's got to get the offer. But I think if he gets an offer, He's gone to one of these one of these NFL teams. It's interesting because I feel like we're going to hear the same thing out of the Harbaugh camp that we heard out of the Kelly camp. And now Kelly didn't leave Notre Dame to go to the NFL, but he left to go to LSU for the fact that he took Notre Dame as far as he thought they could go. And he's got a better opportunity at LSU. I think there's part of Jim Harbaugh that thinks he's taken Michigan about as far as they can go. Mm-hmm. They've beaten Ohio State two times in a row. They've won two back-to-back you know, Big Ten championships. And they've lost both times in the college football playoff. And let's also not forget, and this is the nicest thing you'll ever hear me say about Michigan, they treat NIL the same way Notre Dame does. They're not going to be writing blank checks to kids. Yeah. I give them a lot of credit for that. That's just not who they are. And I'm sure that part of Jim Harbaugh sees the writing on the wall for the way college football is going. And he's also thinking to himself, I can't go any further with, the way things are trending in college football, now's my chance to get out and go to the NFL. Yeah. Like Derek says, he doubts he wants to recruit with NIL or deal with the portal, and I'm sure that those are both big factors right. as well. I think that that, that definitely Michigan, plays yeah. into it. Yeah. Michigan's just not going to get involved in the NIL battles. It's not. Yeah. Program's a lot different, and he's obviously already shown you – know, when he took over the 49ers, there was a reason he got the 49ers job. They were down and out when he took over, and – he got him to a Super Bowl and a couple more NFC Championship games as well. So, with with everyone's favorite quarterback, <laughs> by the way. So everybody's favorite quarterback. That's right. Okay, so the NCAA's Division One Transformation Committee is looking at various changes to college athletics. Among them, allowing up to twenty five percent of certain sports to compete in national championship events. Among them basketball so the possibility is there that the ncaa basketball tournament could expand to 90 teams you can see by the look on your face what your answer is going to be but vince you buy or sell it oh my gosh it's a huge sell that's the everybody gets a trophy rule Ah! 
Thank you. I get the oh. points right away. I knew what? this was I knew this was gonna come right out of your mouth. It's horrible. <laughs> horrible. If this was uh that one show, they on would have been saying that 40 years ago when they expanded it, you know, from 32 to 64. Oh, everybody gets a trophy. Give me the point. Give me the watering point. this tournament down. <laughs> if they did that to college football, there would be 30 teams in the playoff. Is that what we want? Well, I mean, people are already complaining. I think it's. I think it comes to twelve percent. You know, what what college? It might not even be twelve. It might be closer to nine percent or something like that. Yeah. When college football expands yeah. from four to like twelve, nine percent will be participating. Yeah. But you're talking about three hundred and sixty Division One teams. So right, right. now, that's a lot. Yeah, it is, and that's, that's why you know that's why I think they're looking at well, you know, with twenty five percent expansion, you know, you know, allowing twenty five percent of your three hundred and sixty in. You've also got all these schools that are transitioning to Division One. You've got yeah. more of these Division Twos moving up all the time, so the number keeps growing. You're only talking about expanding the field by 22 teams. And right. to me, you know, like again, I, I realize well, you know, the regular season's watered down and all that stuff. March Madness is, I mean, it's one of the most fun times of year. Why not just make it a full week, you know, rather than four days at the end of the week? Throw on 22 more teams and go, baby. I'm all for it. Look, if I'm doing anything to men's college basketball, and I guess I would have to do the same to women's college basketball, you know, Title IX and all that, I'm cutting the amount of Division I basketball teams in half. That's what I'm doing. You don't need 360 Division I basketball teams. The problem is for, you know, for for like the Binghamtons and, you know, like these mid-major type programs – that's the money maker for these schools because they don't have big time football, you know. So I, I think that. that that's why you've got so many schools that are trying to transition to Division and One now. I would I would cut the Division One, so then you've got Division Two or one, whatever you want to call the next group down, right? Because if you cut it in half, you're still talking about 175 ish Division One teams, right? Yeah. So you got 175 Division One teams. You can still play the division below you and give out those big paychecks that. You know, you're still giving out and that whole thing. Why do they have to be, quote, unquote, Division One basketball teams? Why? Let them have their own tournament. Only one team from their conference is making it in anyway. More is better, baby. That's uh, just where you and I differ, Vincent. <laughs> cut them out. Cut them out. Let them have their own tournament. More, baby. I want that. I want that tournament to start on Monday. And I, I want a full week of it, get my bracket, you know, push the conference games up so you've got, got a little bit of a buffer. More on your bracket, the better. Ugh. It's like that's, have that's 80%, 80 to 85% of the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the Pac-12. You, they'd all get in. Now, they'd all get in. Now, that's that's the problem is like, are you letting more, you know, the smaller schools in or are you just letting more Power Five conference teams in? That would still be, be one. There would still be one team from each of the smaller conferences and then they would just fill it up with the bigger schools that's what it would happen yeah it would just be bad that would be bad basketball man derek's trying to get get back on my good side now (laughs) (laughs) well played derek way to play both sides of the fence my friend good job tell me what you think about this one all right vince After Oklahoma State lost its bowl game, a reporter asked head coach Mike Gundy about the possibility of him making any 
coaching staff changes in the offseason. Gundy told the reporter, quote, I might have to cut you out, end quote. In other words, pull the reporter's media access for asking him, having the gall to ask him <laughs> such questions. What do you think about oh, Okay, that? number one, I got a couple of things to say about this, okay? Number one, stupid question. That's a stupid question. What what did you possibly think he was going to say? Well, thank you for bringing that up. I was actually thinking about getting rid of my defensive coordinator, and now that you brought it up, I might as well make it public. Like, did did they really think that that's the way the conversation was going to go? That was it's a dumb question. I'll say that. Number two, <coughs> it's a dumb response by the head coach because any coach or any program that talks about taking away credentials is ridiculous. Right. I'm I'm sorry. There the media is what makes you who you are. Whether you want to admit it or not, the media is what makes you who you are. You can't take their credentials away because you don't like a question that was asked. You can answer it a different way. It was a stupid question. Stupid. And you can tell him that if you want. Like, really, do you think I'm gonna answer that question right now? Well, he did. I mean, he went beyond, you know, just what he said. Right I there. Would, and he basically told the reporter it was a stupid question, not the place <laughs> to be asking it, you know, because it was like right after the bowl game. That I have no problem. All this with. different stuff. I guess in, in defense of the reporter, most likely because it is the bowl game and you're going into the offseason now, you're not going to have a chance to ask that question again. You know, like spring practice is going to roll around. And if there are going to be any changes made, the changes are most likely going to be made mm-hmm. by then. So, you know, like, you ask the question, you know, whether or not you get any kind of answer. But <laughs> it seems like things are starting to implode on Mike Gundy. You know, and like, because I've heard Fair. some other, rum, you know, like you've got Sanders is transferring out. You yeah. know, all these different, you know, you've got, there's a lot of stuff going on down there in Stillwater right now. But to to threaten, especially, you know, like it's, it's one thing to pull the guy aside even and say, you know, look, you asked me something stupid like that again. I might just pull your ex. You know, like it's. <laughs> Right. It's bad enough just to say it like that, but to do right. it in front of a microphone when everyone's just, looking and like here, you know, like everyone can now hear you threatening. Yeah. For for really, you know, it might be a stupid question, but to threaten to yeah, completely bush league, to threaten yeah. to pull somebody's access, you know, in that situation. I I think it's just completely asinine on Mike Gundy's part. Now, this is interesting. Derek says Gundy kicked a worker off of his property for wearing an Oklahoma baseball jersey. Wow. Hey. If that person's hired by you, you can kick them out if you want to. It's a stupid reason to do it, but that's different. This scenario is different than pulling somebody's press credentials. Right. That's that's different. A completely different scenario. You know, like if you're going to pull someone's press credentials, it's like you're you're making contact with the players and like getting, you know, like quotes from players, you know, like you know that kind of, you know, like going right. around the, the team channels that everyone obviously, you know, once, you know, it's like when they're recruits, you know, once they become actual sign on the dotted line and now they're members of the team, there are channels that you have to go in like, and, you know, if, and if you're circumventing that, you know, and you're mm-hmm. going, you know, making contact that you shouldn't be making like that would actually be That's a valid different. reason, you know, maybe to, yeah. to suspend a credential or something like Agreed. that. To suspend it for asking a question <laughs> so stupid. is just idiotic. It is. Yeah. It's so idiotic. And there are rules we have to follow. I mean, you know, if we walk into smoking cigarettes in the press box or like, you know, being <laughs> drunk and disorderly, you know what? Yes, there are, we, there are, re, you know, repercussions for your actions, but just asking a stupid question, my goodness, 
I'll say it, man. If asking stupid questions was the reason to get your press credential taken away, there'd be like four people covering Notre Dame. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll even throw myself in there when I used to ask questions back in the day. I'm sure there was some dumb ones that I pulled out of my booty at times, but like that can't be what that can't be what you're doing. It exactly. Joe says the reporter missed a golden opportunity to ask Gundy when he was going to travel back in time to return the hairdo. <laughs> now that might be press credential taking right there. He's tall and they want the looks. mullet back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, All right, I saved this one uh, that came in earlier uh, from Zach. That. He said, given both of you are broadcasters, who are your broadcasting heroes or folks that you looked up to? You're going to have a thousand times better answer to this than me, so I'm <laughs> going to go first. I do not consider myself a broadcaster. I consider myself uh, somebody who likes to have fun with one of his good friends and <laughs> happens to talk about sports on the radio, okay? I am not a trained broadcaster, so that is not something that I you know, was looking at when I was going through my formative years and like, listening to guys and i know that's different for you because this is what you're i mean this is you this is what you do for a living and what you've always yeah. wanted to do for a living you went to school for etc so i don't have a good answer to this obviously i grew up listening to cubs games on the radio and on tv i love listening to um oh my gosh now his name has finally escaped me the play-by-play guy for notre dame uh, on the radio uh oh roberts. Um, roberts tony roberts tony roberts yeah. thank you I we had it we had him on with this once. Yes, yes. During a baseball game, love Tony Roberts so incredibly much. Like he was, he to me he's the god of play by play when it comes to Notre Dame football. I love listening to him, but again, I wasn't listening in the same way that you do. So I will give the floor to you, my friend. Yeah, well, see, and I'll say this: I was not one of these. Like I grew up with a tape recorder, you know, like sitting there in front of the TV. Like I'm gonna be a play by play guy. (laughs) That was just like. that decision actually didn't come to me until after I was, you know, like out of the army and in college is when I okay. started pursuing that. It was actually, you know, like through, you know, sort of like some some kind of prodding by some friends are like, you know, you know, you know a lot about sports. You had to, you know, like maybe think about doing it for a living. I was like, well, <laughs> maybe that's not a bad idea. And so you know, I kind of went down that road. But as far as growing up, the guys that I listened to the most, um, uh, Denny Matthews and Denny Treese, they were the Royals guys, you know, so like I would hear them all the time. Um, Harry Carey was actually, you know, like I, I used to, and like, not that I imitate Harry Carey by any means, but I, I heard an interview when I was in college, you know, after I'd been listening to Harry Carey and the biggest thing that he said was be yourself. And, you know, so like that's some of the best advice that I, I think mm-hmm. you can get. And then just in terms of like, sort of after I figured out what I was going to do, the two who I listened to the most and who I used to actually, you know, I didn't realize it until 
a few years ago, like I went back and, and listened to some old tapes and stuff like that. I didn't realize how much I was mimicking these guys. But, you know, the guy I talk about all the time is Kevin Harlan, who I love. He was the, the voice of the Chiefs when I was starting in college. And I've talked about it before. My roommates were all Chiefs fans. And so, like, they would, you know, want to watch the Chiefs games all the time. And so we would do the turn down the sound on the TV, you know, do the radio. But then the other guy we would do that with was Bob Davis, who was the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, both football and basketball teams. And, uh, you know, he's another one who, you know, kind of got some advice from in college and all that kind of stuff. So those were probably the major influences. And like Therese and Matthews from a baseball standpoint were far from flashy, especially like if you compare them like to a Harry Carey. But what I used to do, I lived in Lawrence. Uh, my friend Randy lived in Kansas City. And, you know, sometimes like, you know, we would drive over, you know, like we coached a little league team together in Kansas City and we did, you know, some other, you know, things. But, you know, so like I would I would drive back and forth. And what I would do is I would listen to the Royals guys and, you know, like while I was, you know, making these drives back and forth and I would mimic them so that I could like get my voice to, you know, like rise and fall like you need to, you know, because, you know, like I think when everyone starts out, you're very monotone, you know, so that's that's kind of how I learned the most probably doing baseball was just mimicking these guys and sort of listening to the, you know, like I said, the rise and fall of their voice and, you know, like when you need to puncture, you know, like all these different little things. So. This is going to sound as corny as ever, and I do not mean it to sound that way, and this will be a great way to kind of end the whole thing. I listened to you to learn how to do stuff <laughs> because you taught me everything that I know about broadcasting. I never broadcasted before the day before I met you. And so you and I have done basketball games. We've done football games. We've done baseball games. That's we've true. done a ton of stuff together. And I've always just followed your lead and you've just brought me along. And I listen to you when I'm not doing games with you to hear how you do both play-by-play -play and color and that whole bit. So, I mean, I know that sounds corny as hell because you and I are friends and, and all that, but I've always listened to you to learn how to do it. So there you go. Well, I'll just say I was fortunate to have some some good influences. I don't, I don't know if I've been a good influence on you. Uh, I disagree. So. <laughs> I disagree. Um, Art Vandelay asking, who's the next broadcaster to come out of Notre Dame? I mean, Jack Collinsworth is yeah. already on NBC. So Yeesh. I don't know who the next one is. There's another kid I actually met a couple weeks ago doing an ACC network game who I think was around the same class as him. Who's uh, who's pretty good as well, young guy. Who's the kid that's doing? Uh, he did a couple of Cubs games, and um, he did some radio at Notre Dame. He filled in. Oh, I can't remember his name, uh, but uh, you're talking about Brendan. Mm -mm, no, the South Bend Cubs guy. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm the actual Cubs. Like he came in and he did some TV, and he did really. Oh, I can't remember the kid's name. I don't remember hearing about that. He's done. He did stuff while he was at Notre Dame, obviously, and he's done stuff since then, but he started to get a national following, and I cannot remember the kid's name. If anybody in the chat remembers is he a Notre Dame is. guy? He's a Notre Dame guy. Yeah. Huh. And he and he got a lot of leg up because he was a Notre Dame guy, similar to Jack Collinsworth, because he was a he did some of the radio. Are you talking broadcasts. about Mike Monaco, maybe? Yes. Okay. Yes. Monaco. I think yeah. he's, he, he does a pretty good job. I think yeah. he's gotten a lot better 
he does a lot of ESPN stuff, and yeah. he uh, yeah. he's he's also I think he does like a Red Sox AAA maybe and yeah. protect it, and he fills yes. in for the Red Sox. Every and he got a lot of opportunities during COVID uh, because he was doing a lot of yeah. stuff from his house and things like that. I, I heard an interview with him yeah. after the fact, so he got a lot of opportunities because of COVID, yeah. uh, which I thought was pretty cool. So yeah, he's good. I, yeah, I think he's pretty good. I think Mike is pretty good. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for tonight. And uh, we're, we're, I just saw something here. Sir, yes, this is Syracuse has the broadcast market cornered. Like, like if Not you wrong. think of announcer bias, if you knew how many <laughs> Syracuse broadcasters there were that you hear and see on TV every day, you would probably be talking a lot more about Syracuse bias. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's Big a lot time. of them. They're out there. They got a great broadcast. They do. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, the White Sox guy was was a uh, Syracuse guy. Why can't I think of his name right now? I can see his face, but he does ESPN and stuff. Yes, like that. I know exactly so, who you're talking about. He does the Jason uh, Benetti. Jason. Jason. Yeah. yeah, I like him too. I think he's good. I, I yeah. actually like him. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Good participation in the mailbag tonight. We had a lot of good stuff. Vince, good talking to you as always. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you Friday when we've got our Friday rapid fire. And uh, in the meantime, everybody be sure to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Rate and review on your podcast channels as well. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.